Blog Talk Radio.
and don't tell me that I'm a weirdo because I'm upset about this, and I should only go get upset about my favorite football team winning or losing. Listen, I know what tyranny means. I know the bankers are putting poison in our food and water. I know the bankers have stolen $8.5 trillion. I know we're under War Powers Act. I know they're hurting us. I know they're carrying out a new world order. I know they staged those terror attacks. You know what's got up to this and go out every day and go past the peer pressure and come out day one and say 9-11 was an inside job and lose most of the radio stations I was on? You know what it's like to go to sleep every night knowing you work for a bunch of psychotic killers and you bastards are probably going to end up killing me one day? You know what it's like knowing you've ruined my life? You know what it's like, you sons of bitches? I'll tie your crap! You commit evil, you're part of an evil system, and we're standing up against you. And the republic is going to defeat you in the end. Some of them make it personally through this, but a lot of us are. And in the end, you are going to be brought to justice for all the kids you've kidnapped for CPS, all you CPS workers, all you corrupt bureaucrats, all of you that have had your way with innocent children over and over again, who think your evil's invincible. You're not invincible, and God is going to deal with you. And you are cursed to hell. My fellow Americans, I'm here to tell you about the Republic, your Republic for the United States of America. In 2010, a miracle happened. Americans from all walks of life banded together and reclaimed our Republic form of government. This is not to be confused with Republican, Democrat, or any other form of political party. Your Republic for the United States of America is already functioning in a lawful, interim, and parallel capacity. Lawful because it has been re-inhabited peacefully and lawfully. Interim because it's been in a limited capacity since the American people are not yet represented in mass and because permanent elections have not yet been held. Parallel because it has not replaced the corporate United States but is functioning alongside the current government structure. This was lawfully accomplished in order to restore our rights, our liberties, and our freedoms as Americans. If you want more from your government, if you want to be truly free for the first time in your life, if you want your children to enjoy true freedom, then I'm asking you and everyone you know to embrace our long-lost liberties and support your republic. Imagine a country where most of your hard-earned money is yours to keep. Imagine seeing 2% inflation over the next 50 years, like it was when America was founded. Imagine your rights, freedoms, and privacy enforced and upheld in courts. Imagine if it was unlawful for anyone to profit from your private information without your written permission. The injustices we endure today are nearly endless. Imagine all of them gone. Imagine politicians actually answering to you. Yes, you heard me correctly. I said answering to you. Not just hearing your voice and ignoring it, but listening and acting on law, not personal agendas. Just imagine going to the polls and having your vote make a difference. Imagine your inherent rights being preserved by government. A government committed to protecting and defending our founding documents. Our founding fathers had a dream of being free. And I believe Americans are still yearning to be free today. You and I working together can turn that dream, our dream, into reality once again. I believe the American people have the courage to take back their freedom. 
So let's work together to make the world a better place to live. May God bless you and God bless America. everybody, Joseph Gibson podcasting here. Understand the times in which we today, Greensboro, North Carolina, 7.08 p.m. on the east coast here. Hope everybody's doing all right here tonight. I wasn't going to do a show here tonight, but I did have a couple things I want to say. Special announcements, of course, but uh, maybe I'll reserve it for another night. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What do we got going on in the world here tonight? Let's see here. People message me on social media here right now, so let's see what's going on here. Oh boy, what's this person want here? What's this? What's this all about here? All right, same whack jobs there. People that want to get in touch with me here. All right, well, anyway, yeah, that was uh, President Geiger there from the Republic of the United States of America, and uh, the Republic, the de jour, the de jour, de jour. Does everyone know what that means, de jour and de facto? Does everyone know what that means? When you try to explain the republic, there's so many ways to explain it because you should already know. You're born here in America. You should know what's, what, what the law is. Well, um, let me explain it this way. Okay, there's a case here. Supreme Court of North Carolina, Henry uh, Wengler. All right. This was uh, March 22nd, 1950. All right. That person who undertakes to exercise the functions of a judicial office on a particular occasion may be a judge or de jour. Maybe judge de jour, excuse me, or a judge de facto or mere intruder. Since he is exercising the office of a judge as a matter of right, a judge de jour meets this threefold test. He possesses legal qualifications for the judicial office in question. He has been lawfully chosen to such office. He has qualified himself to perform the duties of such office according to the mode prescribed by law. These things being true. He has a complete title to this office, his office. His office acts are valid, and he cannot be ousted. Norfleet versus Staten. A judge de facto may be defined as one who occupies a judicial office under some color of right, and for the time being performs his duties with public acquiescence. Though having no right in fact, Comma, Cooley, Constitutional Limitations, 8th edition, volume 2, page 1355, states, A person will be deemed to be a de facto judge when and only when these four conditions concur. He assumes to be the judge of a court which is established by law. He is in possession of the judicial office in question and is discharging his, its duties. Number three, his incumbency of the judicial office is illegal in some respect. Hear that? Illegal in some respect. And, number four, he has at least a fair color of right or title to the judicial office, or has acted as its occupant for so long, a time under such circumstance of reputation, or acquiescence, tough word there pronounced, by the public generally as are calculated to afford a presumption of this, his right to act and to induce people without inquiry to submit to or to invoke official action on his part on the supposition 
that he is the judge he assumes to be. For all practical purposes, a judge de facto is a judge de, is a judge de jour as to all parties other than the state itself. His right or title to his office cannot be impeached in a habeas corpus proceeding or in any other collateral way. It cannot be questioned except in a direct proceeding brought 375 against him for that purpose by the attorney general in the name of the state upon his own information or upon his complaint of a private party. Pursuant to the statutes embodied in Article 41 of Chapter 1 of the General Statutes of, of uh, 1-514, so far as the public and third persons are concerned, a judge de facto is competent to do whatever may be done by a judge de jour. In consequence, acts done by a judge de facto in the discharge of the duties of judicial office are as effectual so far as the rights of a third persons or the public are concerned. As if he were a judge de jour. The principles enunciated in this paragraph arose at common law and have been accorded full, full, full recognition in the state. State versus Hardin. State versus Shuffield. State versus Turner. Hughes versus Long. Taylor, uh, let's see, State versus Speaks. Norfleet, Norfleet versus Staten, Supra. Uh, Burton versus Patton. Moreover, the legislator has confirmed and expressed approval upon the de facto doctrine in the case of persons actually inducted into office in the manner prescribed by law, a statute which had not had its genesis in Chapter 38 of the Laws of 1844 and is now codified, you've heard me talk about this now, is codified in GS General Statutes 128-6. Provides that any person who shall, by the proper authority, be admitted and sworn into any office, shall be held, deemed, and taken by force of such admission, to be rightfully in such office, until by judicial sentence upon proper proceeding. He shall be ousted therefrom, or is admission there to be in due course of law, declared void. A usurper is one who undertakes to act officially without any actual or apparent authority. Since he is not an officer at all, or for any purpose, he acts, his acts are absolutely void and can be impeached at any time in any proceeding, State versus Shufford, Super of Van Armage versus Taylor, Norfleet versus Stanton, Keeler v. City of New Bern. Practical procedure rules have devised to enforce these principles in actual litigation where the validity of an act of a person acting in a judicial office on a particular occasion is assailed in a collateral proceeding before another court on the theory that he had no right to the office. The court may inquire into his title to the judicial office far enough to question if such inquiry reveals that he was at least a judge de facto at that time, the court can proceed no further in its investigation of the title to the office. For the official act of a judge de facto is as binding as that of a judge de jour. U.S. v. Alexander, D.C., 46F, 728. When these legal principles are laid alongside the record in, the, in his, this proceeding, 
it is immediately evident that Mayor McNeil did not act as a mere usurper in trying the, the, uh, the petitioner and committing her to jail. He was undoubtedly a judge du jour from the time of his qualification as mayor until June 7, 1949, as the town commissioners did not appoint anyone to succeed him to the judgeship of the special court under Chapter 1142 of the 1949 session laws. Cognate argument might be advanced to sustain the proposition that he has remained a judge du jour since June 7, 1949. Now, General Statutes 128-7, which stipulates that all offices should continue in their respective offices until their successors are elected or appointed and duly qualified. Mark Hanvers Simpson. Be this as it may, it cannot be gainsaid that Mayor McNeil was at least a judge. De facto, when he took the official action resulting in his proceeding, since Section 29 of Article 2, forbidding the passage of any local, private, or special act or resolution relating to the establishment of courts inferior to the Superior Court, did not become a part of the Constitution of North Carolina until it was adopted by the qualified 376 to the qualified voters of the state in the general election in 1916. The General Assembly of 1913 acted within constitutional limits in creating the special court of the town of Wilkesboro. By private act. <clears throat> this being true, the record makes plain that Mayor McNeil assumed the judgeship of a court established by law, that he actually occupied the judgeship and discharged his duties, and that he had at least a fair color of right or title to such judgeship under Chapter 144 of the private laws of 1913, GS 128-7. By tried petitioner and sent her to jail. The conclusion is valid, even if to be taken for granted, that on its effective date, June 7, 1949, Chapter 1142 of the 1949 Session Laws, caused Mayor McNeil's term as judge of the special courts to expire, made, made the uh, mayoralty mayor, and the judgeship incompatible offices, and rendered uh, Mayor McNeil ineligible for the judgeship. Where the requisite conditions exist, the person is a judge de facto, although he holds off over or after his term has expired. The de facto doctrine is dispensable to the prompt and proper dispatch of government and affairs, endless confusion and expense would ensue if members of society were required to determine at their peril the rightful authority of each person occupying a public office before they invoked or yielded to his official action. An intolerable burden would be placed upon the incumbents of public office if he were compelled to prove his title to his to all those having occasion to deal with him in his official capacity. The administration of justice would be an impossible task if every litigant were privileged to question the lawful authority of a judge engaged in the full exercise of functions of his judicial office. All right. The acts of Mayor McNeil were effectual in law, for he was at least a judge de facto when they, they were performed. This being so, it was error to permit, permit the collateral attack upon his title to the judgeship. And it changed such attack on the theory that he acted without authority, the judgment discharging the petitioner from custody. The judgment discharging the petitioner from custody. Hear that? Now, that was 1950. Things have changed. And they have addressed this again, this issue. And again, you've heard me talk about the Republic, and the Republic was fully restored in 1997, the du jour. And UNC Law School addressed this 
professors, and this is in the North Carolina General Assembly also. Very important, because there are avenues that you can take where when a de jure, it's been recognized now in simple terms, when a de jure stands up and challenges a de facto, that de facto then ceases to exist. So it's just a title. It's just a fake, fake corporation. It doesn't exist. Remember, you are the living man. You are the human being. You are the person. You are the man. You are that person. You can, do not have to abide by their terms and their conditions. In law, you will win in the long run. Sometimes you'll lose in the rightful beginning because they're ignorant and they've got the foot soldiers that will attack you and kidnap you and drag you off and put you in jail. I filed an extraordinary writ of mandamus here in North Carolina. When I appear in my county in court, they can't have a de facto sitting there on the bench. They have to replace all the de facto's I served and put another sitting de facto in there. You say, you don't believe me? Ask anybody who knows me around here or, or check the record of the court. It's very simple. Next, I'm going to arrest the building. That's what I'm going to do, the whole damn building. I'm going to shut it down, and we're going to have a freaking yard sale front because they're pissing me off. And they're playing games. Getting tired of it. And and people, you know, these are your rights here, you know. I mean, it's a shame that people, you know, don't all know this stuff. Because you weren't taught at birth. Because you were you were drugged up with baby formula at birth. You got, you got sat down in front of a TV set, babysat all day, brainwashed through cartoons and other garbage. And then you ate all your freaking chemicals and got vaccinated. Of course you can't sit still long enough to stand the law. You've been hijacked. Your brain has been hijacked. Your body is filled with cancer. You don't know what the hell's going on. But there's hope. You can snap out of it. Ask God for forgiveness in him. He'll heal you. Heal you. I don't want to be an apostle crucified in front of the freaking town because you ignorant bastards out there won't stand up for your rights. Stand up. Knock it off. Unbelievable, man. You people need to understand. It's not that hard to figure out. I don't have 27 degrees hanging on the wall, but I can freaking outdo any lawyer in my county. Why is that? I'm not practicing law. I'm not at law. I'm in law. Okay? And I don't submit no oaths to no bar association. That's, to, that, that's in alignment with the Queen of England. Look it up. Don't believe me? You people don't understand. There are people guiding your life and you don't even know it. They are controlling you. What you think is reality is not. They have plenty of money. They always talk about the budget. Well, not enough money, not enough money. But a snowstorm comes in and it costs the city $49 million to clean it up. Where'd they get the money? They already put the budget in last year. Where'd they get the extra $49 million? <laughs> right? Tell me something. If you were operating $30 trillion in the debt, debt your, your household, would you be able to sustain, go out and buy groceries tomorrow? Would you be able to keep the lights on? How can the United States government continuously do it? Duh. 
That doesn't sound right, Joe. That doesn't sound right. I know. Doesn't, does it? Figure it out. Figure it out, man. Figure it out. And I'm just getting upset because I'm sick and tired of the zombies running around out there. Tired of it, man. Knock it off. Wake up. Went up to this coin shop the other day. You guys are all con men in there, you know. You know, he's got two people at the counter, you know. you got one customer in there always looking over the counter, glass cases like he's examining stuff or whatever. One guy talking to him, the other guy waiting for you to walk in, you know. It's a con. Everything in there is a con. They're all scam artists. And then you got a bunch of people in the back room scurrying around, checking, you know, acting like they're on the Internet and stuff, you know. This guy, I bring in some stuff, you know, I got rare coins that are, you know, worth, I know what they're worth. And uh, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. But uh, I go in there, I bring him, he, you know, he's looking at them all fast. I, I can't do nothing with this. I can't do nothing with this. I can't do nothing with this. Like that. And I said, well, wait a second here. You just put down a 1909 uh, VDB penny. You got one in your case right here for $50. What's, why is yours so worth so much? Well, that's a double die. No, they didn't have no double dies for 1909. What are you talking about? And then, you know, and then, you know he's telling me, I said, well, I had a guy offer me $750 for that Star Note $20 bill right there uh, on eBay the other night. He goes, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, what, what? He goes, I don't believe that. He goes, I don't believe, I, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I said, go look it up on your freaking computer. You know, and, and I forgot my username and everything. I didn't tell him, you know. And then I, I showed him, and then the 1946 D, I said, I had a guy uh, offer me 10 bucks for that penny right there. He goes, I mean, he goes, $10, you got a whole roll of them in the back for $2. I said, you got a whole roll of these 1946 D pennies in the back for $2? He goes, yeah. I said, okay, I'll buy them right now. <laughs> Needless to say, he didn't have them. <laughs> he shit on himself when I said I'll buy him. Yeah, I was a little quicker than him in the comeback, you know, because <laughs> I was agreeing with everything he was saying. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And then when I disagreed and I said, yeah, I'll buy him, that took him for a loop. And you got to watch your hands; they're quick. They'll cuff something real fast on you. Bring coins in there, you know. These guys are all scams, man. The scams. But that's what you got out there in society today. Everything he had in his case that, that he's selling of hot thousands of dollars, I've got. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You know? So I like to go in there once in a while and just – you know, and he wanted my silver, though. He wanted that. He goes, I'll give you $22 a piece for those. I said, yeah, no, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. You can give me $122 a piece for each one, okay, because I can sell them for 250 on eBay a piece, all right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, $22 a piece. Wow. I got five of them with me today. Wow. That's almost $100. Whoa. Yeah. You know, most people out there were rich. You know? Hell no. I'll hang on to my five pieces of silver there, buddy. Okay? And maybe I'll throw it up on eBay or something or Marketplace and maybe I'll get more. Or maybe I'll just hang on to it and barter with it when the economy crashes. How about that? So, anyway, all right. Anybody out there who wants to chip in here tonight, 657-383-0616 is the phone number to call. Press 1, and you can join in the conversation here tonight. Any conversation you want to bring up or talk about something or, or bring an issue up, you can. Um, it's the countdown time for the election for me to get my name on the ballot here in North Carolina very soon, December 6th. 
that's the date. I get my name on the ballot here. And they just sent me an email, too, about something. I mean, I'm going to look. Well, I was just beginning the show. I was checking my email, and I looked at it. Somebody, they sent me something. And I better not freaking lie to me about this freaking thing. You know, because everyone, everything's a liar now. Constitutional Party of North Carolina, do you want to change? What? Do you want to change North Carolina? <laughs> Shut up. Um, let me see here. Where is that? Where is it at, that ballot one at? The local county board of elections, uh, they sent me an email. I just saw it. Where'd it go? And uh, they, they said it was something about primaries. So I didn't think there was anybody. Oh, here it is right here. Heart of the primaries, 2022, Republicans issue number one. Okay, that was, all right, let's see what this is again. This better not be my district. Um, welcome to the first edition of 22 election cycle. The heart of the primaries will be sending a new issue to your inbox every two weeks, Thursdays until January, when we'll begin sending weekly. This week, we're, where Trump has endorsed challenges, challengers to GOP incumbents so far, conflict in Massachusetts. All right, just don't. I'm more, I'm more looking about North Carolina here. You know, that one won't bother me too much. Uh, yeah, so uh, endorsements. All right. Um, this bill that they're pushing through right now in uh, Congress there, that's pretty big. I guess the sky's going to fall out and everything. Uh, that's according to Glenn Beck today. He was said that uh, if we have this bill, the Great Reset's going to happen, and uh, the Green New Deal will go through, and uh, it'll be the end of us. So uh, does anybody know anything about that? Did they? I mean, that's what I, I don't know. I, I didn't hear nothing. I, I mean, I just heard about it today. Constitution Party. See, I was going to run as a Constitutional Party, Constitution Party, but, and I guess they they got they finally got on the ballot. You know, um, I think they did right here. Attention, share far and wide. We are two to five weeks to filing deadlines for Patriot citizens, statesman candidates running on Republican tickets to unseat the rhinos. NC grassroots government freedom candidates are rising up. 100 counties, 10 principles, 10 promises, one covenant with NC. Tonight is our first official vetting meeting here in Johnston County. Uh, we have decided that we must work in three to four county pods to vet and train candidates. What do you need to train me for? What do you want? What do you want to train me for? Uh, I don't see Rockingham County here either. Uh, hang on. If you are a candidate or you are considering running as a candidate in one of these four counties, please fill out your our candidate survey, but only if you align completely with the ten principles and ten promises. The Guilford, Guilford, Alamance, and Forsyth meeting is being planned. New Hanover counties, Mecklenburg. I don't see Rockingham yet. Hang on. Uh, no, no, that's not there. I'm good. All right. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, I, you don't need to train me. I know what I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> I don't need you to train me, pal. You know, I see. I don't like that. You know, I mean, their their seven principles are life, religious freedom, religious uh, freedom, traditional family, private property rights, pro Second Amendment, anti-socialism, national sovereignty, sovereignty. So I don't need you to train me on that. I know it already. See, I don't have to go look at it. I know what you guys stand for. I mean. I, I don't need that. I, that's what I stand for. I've been pre- preaching on my podcast all the time, you know. So uh, I don't need I don't need you guys to train me for anything. Like, you want to come to my house? You can. I'm not driving down there. <laughs> okay, driving down there. No, no, thank you. Sorry, can't do that. All right. So all right, everybody. Um, don't forget. Also, I forgot. Uh, ten, uh, ten o'clock. I mean, nine o'clock tonight, Eastern Standard Time. I guess the NSM there is going to be. Bo, they're going to be uh, launching their live feed. So.
So that should be interesting. We'll see what happens over there. You know, see what happens. I guess Eddie's going to be uh, launching his live feed. So uh, check that out, man. Anybody hear anything with this Kyle Rittenhouse thing? I predicted a, vid- a verdict today. I predicted a verdict. So I guess I'm. I guess I'm wrong. I guess I'm wrong. Uh, how about this subway attack there? Shocking video shows a group of female youths, one in a haji, hijab, br- brutally beating two passive Asian people on a SEPTA train in Philadelphia on Wednesday near Erie Station. How about that one, huh? You check out this video. It's crazy. I'm not going to play it because you won't be able to hear anything. You'll just hear you know, racial slurs and not bull crap, you know? But, uh, yeah, this is crazy. I, I, I watched this last night. This is finally coming across the board, though, uh, now on the uh, alternative media, and I'm sure the, nat- the corporate media has probably picked it up already. If they haven't, they'll pick it up tomorrow. So, uh, but uh, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's insane. These, 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 these girls act like savages, man. This is savage, savagery. They're acting crazy, hitting her in the head. Want to kill her? You know, unbelievable. I never fought like that when I was that age. I mean, that's you foaming from the mouth, practically. Crazy, man. Watch leftists, vi- leftists already engaging in violence outside Kenosha Courthouse. Here we go. There they go. Yep. Wow. Democrats prepare to riot in Kenosha. That's what it says right there. And why? I, I think he's going to be found guilty. I mean, they're waiting. They're not going to give a clean-cut verdict now, so I have to change my prediction. They're not going to give a clean-cut verdict. It's not going to be not guilty or guilty. They're going to convict him of a lesser charge, and he's going to end up getting 25 years or 20 years in jail, and the judge is going to suspend it. That's what's going to happen. Right? i got to change my prediction there. What do you think, guys? Am I right on that one? Uh, I think that's that's what's going to happen. So, um, yeah. I mean, this is insane, man. This is crazy. I mean, the jury's been going on four days. Hey, listen, how long did the O.J. Simpson uh, jury deliberate for? Does anyone know? The trial lasted for eight and a half months. Anybody know how long the jury deliberated for the O.J. Simpson case? Do you remember that one? 1994? 1995, I think it was. 94, 95. I can't remember that one, but I remember. Anybody can, uh, nobody wants to say, or call in and give me a number there, I'm going to tell you. Four hours. Four hours. They deliberated for four hours. <laughs> wow. Crazy, huh? So I haven't had my guest. I haven't had no guest this week. I didn't. Pl- I had a couple people I wanted to line up, and I got lazy this weekend. I had, you know, so I'm rambling on here. So I didn't get no guests on here. So uh, I'm sorry for that. But um, play a quick commercial here, and then uh, let me check out the news stories for today. All right. Not my country. My country is me and my family. Your country's also Huerta. And the governor, the landlords, Gunterus and his locusts. This little revolution we're having here. Revolution? Revolution. Please don't try to tell me about revolution. I know all about the revolutions and how they start. The people that read the books, they go to the people that don't read the books. They put people and say, ho, ho, the time has come to have a change. I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the revolutions. The people read the books. The people can't read the books. The poor people say we have to have a change. So the poor people make the change, huh? And then the people read the books. They all sit around the big polished tables and they talk and talk and talk and eat and eat and eat. But what has happened to the poor people? 
does that. That's your revolution. So please, don't tell me about revolutions. something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not point fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. A palace in which there is no king or queen or dukes or earls or princes, but subjects all, subjects beholden to each other to make a better place to live. Is that too much to ask? Are we asking too much? Is it beyond our reach? Because if it is, then we are nothing but sheep being herded to the final slaughterhouse. I will not go down that way. I choose to fight back. I choose to rise, not fall. I choose to live, not die. And I know, I know that what's within me is also within you. That's why I ask you now. Join me. Rise up with me. Rise up on the wings of this plane I know. We'll rebuild on the soul of this little warrior. We will pick up his standard. Podcasting here on Stand Truth today. Uh, your driver's license. What do we got here? Mark of the Beast, maybe. Let's see here. Get this one going. Going up here for you. There we go. Pulling out digitized versions of driver's licenses that go way beyond what a driver's license is about. Mobile IDs will act as a digital identity that will ultimately tie into retail, healthcare, law enforcement, travel sectors. Ultimately, the IDs will also act as vaccine passports, making it easy to display whether you've gotten a COVID-19 injection and any other future injections that come about. Switching gears, I'm not sure how much time I have in this segment until we get that clock figured out, but let me know, guys. Um, let's just 
Okay, let's start digging in to uh, COVID vaccine news because I have a ton that I've just been putting away and didn't really get to any of this yesterday. So this is huge. A vaccine injury attorney is suing the FDA. Why is the vaccine injury attorney suing the FDA instead of Pfizer or Moderna or any of the actual vaccine makers? Well, because you can't. So this is the only option because um, this is the only avenue that you can go to. So suing the FDA and the FDA asks the federal, federal judge to grant it until the year 2076 to fully release Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine data. So as I was saying before, the passage of the 1986 National Vaccine Injury Compensation Law, one cannot sue pharmaceutical companies for vaccine injuries and deaths. The irony with COVID-19 vaccine injuries and death is that even this very highly specialized and controlled government court will not try vaccine injury cases, the one that is set aside to actually do this. They will not try vaccine injury cases related to COVID-19 shots because they are still under the emergency use authorization and not fully approved by the FDA yet, even though the media keeps on trying to tell you that. So Aaron Suri's firm is suing the FDA since, again, there's no avenue in place with the U.S. judicial system to sue the drug companies. And um, here's what he had to say. The FDA has asked a federal judge to make the public wait until the year 2076 to disclose all of the data and information it relied upon to license Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. That is not a typo. It wants 55 years to produce information to the public. So let's get this straight. The federal government shields Pfizer from liability, gives it billions of dollars, makes Americans take its product, but won't let you see the data supporting its product's safety and efficacy. What is, who does the government work for? I, I mean, this is a whole generation and a half of time. Is this so that anyone uh, in that time, a whole generation and a half people um, die off and no one can be like, wait a minute, you lied to us because it's now been 55 years and it People will be dumbed down or killed off by then? I mean, what is the reason would they need 55 years to produce the data? It's absolutely insane. It's insane that they can even get away with this. So um, this is the same attorney that gave testimony in Washington, D.C. earlier this month at the roundtable discussion. Unbelievable. Find ways to share that to all of your friends and family. Um, just type a, up a couple of sentences, perhaps, and try and direct them to the information because... Again, those who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. 55 years, really? Oh, and then wanted to give a warning to you. Um, your driver's license will become a vaccine passport. So I um, am new to Texas, and I am a newlywed. And so going through the name change thing, oh, it's so fun. And um, so I'm going to be needing to get a new driver's license soon. Hopefully I will get that that taken care of before it's all digitalized and or digitized. Anyways, it's morning. You know I'm not a morning person. Um, so hopefully I will get that taken care of before it gets this creepy. So U.S. states are increasingly rolling out digitized versions of driver's licenses that go way beyond what a driver's license is about. Mobile IDs will act as a digital identity that will ultimately tie into retail, healthcare, law enforcement, travel sectors. Ultimately, the IDs will also act as vaccine passports, making it easy to display whether you've gotten a COVID-19 injection and any other future injections that come about. 
Some have speculated that the introduction of digital IDs and vaccine passports in the U.S. is laying the infrastructure for a social credit system like the one being used in China. They always say, oh, we're becoming more and more like China is a conspiracy theory. Oh, it's a conspiracy theory that we're going to go to a social credit system. Oh, it's a conspiracy theory that we're all going to be ID'd by digital ways. I mean, particularly our Yeah, folks. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, instead, you know, if you remember correctly, yeah, everyone remembers I've been playing this since the first time I've, I've been on uh, on the podcast here. Uh, I, I don't know if I still got it, actually. Hang on here. Do I still even have that uh, player there? Well, yep, there it is. Very first one. That was my first intro. Let's play that one. And if anybody wants to protest what we do or violate what we want, we just turn off the chip. That's right, microchips. In 2005, Congress, under the pretense of immigration control and the so-called war on terrorism, passed the Real ID Act, under which it is projected by May 2008, you will be required to carry around a federal identification card, which includes on it a scannable barcode with your personal information. However, this barcode is only an intermediary step before the card is equipped with a Verichip RFID tracking module, which will use radio frequencies to track your every move on the planet. If this sounds foreign to you, please note that the RFID tracking chip is already in all new American passports. And the final step is the implanted chip, which many people have already been manipulated into accepting under different pretenses. We have a Florida family who are really pioneers in a brave new world. They have volunteered to be the first ever to have microchip identification devices implanted into their bodies. After 9-11, I was really concerned um, with the security of my family. I wouldn't mind having something planted permanently in my arm that would identify me. In the end, everybody will be locked into a monitored control grid where every single action you perform is documented. And if you get out of line, they can just turn off your chip. For at that point in time, every single aspect of society will revolve around interactions with the chips. This is the picture that is painted for the future if you open your eyes to see it. A centralized one-world economy where everyone's moves and everyone's transactions are tracked and monitored, all rights removed. The most incredible aspect of all. These totalitarian elements will not be forced upon the people. The people will demand them. For the social manipulation of society through the generation of fear and division has completely detached humans from their sense of power and reality. A process which has been going on for centuries, if not millennia. Religion, patriotism, race, wealth, class, and every other form of arbitrary separatist identification, thus conceit, has served to create a controlled population, utterly malleable in the hands of the few. Divide and conquer is the motto. And as long as people continue to see themselves as separate from everything else, they lend themselves to being completely enslaved. The men behind the curtain know this, and they also know that if people ever realize the truth of their relationship to nature and the truth of their personal power, the entire manufactured zeitgeist they prey upon will collapse like a house of cards. The whole system that we live in drills into us 
that we're powerless, that we're weak, that our society is evil, that it's private, etc., and so forth. It's all a big, fat lie. We are powerful, beautiful, extraordinary. There is no reason why we cannot understand who we truly are, where we are going. There is no reason why the average individual cannot be fully empowered. We are incredibly powerful beings. Now, I think I spent 30 years of my life, the first 30, trying to become something. I wanted to become good at things. I wanted to become good at tennis. I wanted to become good at school and grades and, and everything I kind of viewed in that perspective. I'm not okay the way I am, but if I got good at things, I realized that I had the game wrong. The game was to find out what I already was. Find out what I already was. Now, in our culture, we've been trained for individual differences to stand out. So you look at each person, immediately it is brighter, dumber, older, younger, richer, poorer, and we make all these dimensional distinctions, put them in categories and treat them that way. And we get so that we only see others as separate from ourselves in the ways in which they're separate. And one of the dramatic characteristics of experience is being with another person and suddenly seeing the ways in which they are like you, not different from you and experiencing the fact that that which is essence in you and which is essence in me is indeed one. The understanding that there is no other. It is all one. And I wasn't born Richard Albert. I was just born as a human being. And then I learned this whole business of who I am and whether I'm good or bad or achieving or not. All that's learned along the way. for a long time and they begin to question, is this real or is this just a ride? And other people have remembered and they come back to us and they say, hey, don't worry, don't be afraid ever, because this is just a ride. 
and we kill those people. Shut him up. I've got a lot invested in this ride. Shut him up. Look at my furrows of worry. Look at my big bank account and my family. This has to be real. It's just a ride. But we'll kill those good guys and try and tell us that. You ever notice that? And let the demons run amok? But it doesn't matter, because it's just a ride, and we can change it anytime we want. It's only a choice. No effort, no work, no job, no savings of money. Just a choice right now between fear and love. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.